All right. So our next speaker, I'm really excited for you guys to hear from. She is a sweet friend of Emily's and mine and of a fellow staff member. Her name is Ann Piper. Um, and um, I hear that she was former Miss OU. Mm-hmm. Is that right? It's true. Yes. And supermodel yeah. as well. Um, but Ann, I don't know if I've told you this. You probably, um, in, in my opinion, are the funniest person that I know. And um, you guys are in for a real treat. She's a great communicator. And um, I think you're going to learn a lot from Oh, her. my gosh. It, 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 it is. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I know it needs a little step or something. Yeah, I'm glad she acknowledged my reign as Miss OU. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's a little known fact. And um, y'all are the only ones who know. Just kidding. <laughs> Okay, so even though I'm kind of funny, we're talking about something serious today, but I kind of alternate between what I'm real serious about and it's funny, so it's an odd mix, kind of quirky that way. Like Lindsay said, my name is Ann Piper, and I'm on staff here at Watermark. I work on Watermark News and a lot of the print stuff that you see around here, and I think it's kind of funny that Lindsay and Lonnie um, asked me to do this because I speak here at Single Parent Family Ministry because I don't want to be here. Um, and I don't mean that, that I don't want to be here, that I don't want to be here with you. <laughs> I don't mean that I don't want to be here with you. Y'all are all really nice. I have several friends here. But I mean, I, I don't want to be here because this, this is not how my life was supposed to turn out. Um, my life, I was supposed to be this morning. I should be home with my husband of 21 years. We should be having coffee, maybe planning a date to go out tonight. And we should just be hanging out. But if that was the case, I would not be speaking to you this morning because I, I wouldn't be a single mom. And it's that sense of regret and sadness and grief that actually makes me pretty qualified to talk to you this morning about barriers that have really blocked me in my relationship with Jesus. And um, by his grace, I'm also able to share with you um, how God has drawn me close to his side um, as I've walked down a road that I really never expected to be on. Um, in the summer of 2011, I had a lot, of pl- a lot of big plans. Matt was busy planning a big product launch at his work. Um, our kids were at summer camp. I've got two boys. Max is now 16. Patrick, who is autistic, is um, 14. And so he was at Camp Barnabas, Max and I, which is a camp for kids with special needs. Matt and I were picking them up. And um, I was scheduled to go to, Watermark, go, go to a conference with a bunch of Watermark people to northern Uganda. And that was really going to be my very first trip um, on an overseas discipleship trip. Um, so when I got home from that tr- trip, I came, came down with a really minor stomach bug, went to the doctor. And she said, hey, I know it's just a virus, but let me just make sure your appendix is okay. So went in for a couple of tests, and my appendix was just fine. But the shadow that they saw in the x-ray behind my appendix um, turned out to be a four-centimeter hard mass tumor in my right kidney. And so instead of going to northern Uganda, I was um, staying here fighting renal cell carcinoma, which is a fancy word for kidney cancer. I went to Baylor Hospital in August of 2011 and had my right kidney and all the lymph nodes around it and the kidney sac removed. And that really brings me to my first and second barriers that I encounter in my relationship with Christ. And that is denial and distraction. 
And when I say distraction, it's really just the distraction of my God-given responsibilities. When I'm in a really busy season at work and taking care of my family, it's easy to, for me to rush through my quiet time with the Lord or not take any time at all to uh, reflect on his word. Um, I can get so busy doing God's work that I neglect to spend time with Christ, the one whose strength and wisdom I really need to do the work in the first place. Um, I recognize myself all too clearly in Martha, who Luke writes about in Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits there while I do all the work? Um, Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Like Martha, I often choose projects over people, and I um, choose the distraction of doing over learning and resting in the Lord, who longs to teach me more than I would ever want to know. I can also be in denial about just how much I need God's mercy, grace, wisdom, and love. She had the Son of God right there in her living room, And like me, she chose doing over abiding and anxiety over resting in the only one, resting with the only one who provides peace that passes all understanding. And at times I've lived in the fog of denial about just how much I need God's help. Martha had absolutely no idea about the events that were going to transpire um, in her life and in Jesus's life um, in the weeks and months to come. She had no idea how little time she had with her brother Lazarus, and she had no idea how really how little time she had to learn from Jesus. And um, I had absolutely no time um, in that summer of 2011 how little time I might have with my family and kids, and I certainly had no idea before um, July of 2011 that I had cancer. Um, I can remember being in my bed just praying Psalm 143, 7 through 12 in my bed just pleading for the privilege to be a wife and a mom for um, a few more years, even just until my kids got older um, and were adults. Um, I have never been more acutely aware of how much I needed God's power, courage, and wisdom. And like Martha, I was just about to learn an even bigger lesson on just how precious our time is on earth and how sufficient God is when I am at my weakest and in my darkest moments. I'm happy to tell you that um, I walked out of Baylor Hospital um, in August of 2011, cancer-free. I went home and had um, six weeks of pretty painful recovery at home and where my friends and my husband really took great care of me. They took such great care of me that um, by about week five after the surgery, um, I was doing much better. My husband went back to work and and really fully focused on his work. And um, after that first week, Um, of him being back full-time. We had planned a pretty quiet and unremarkable weekend at home. The only unusual thing about that weekend was that Saturday night our air conditioner went out. Um, So I got the kids set up in their bedroom with with a fan. I got myself set in the master bedroom with um, a fan for me. My husband decided to sleep um, on a couch in our sunroom where there was a little window unit. And before he went to sleep, I just said, Hey, babe, you need anything? 
can I do anything for you? And he said, just a cup of coffee in the morning. And he kissed me goodnight. We told each other we loved each other. On September 18th, I woke up and quietly brewed that cup of coffee for my husband. Um, To my horror, I discovered that in the night, my husband had died um, of what I later learned were complications from a massive seizure. Um, I dropped the coffee. I worked in vain to revive him, but it was way too late. And um, two weeks after his 45th birthday, my wonderful husband um, was deceased. Every plan, every hope, every dream that I had died that day. My life completely changed over the course of a night. Um, My boys were 11 and 12 at the time, and they were obviously left fatherless, and I was left with the overwhelming responsibility of raising them on my own. And then the days and the weeks and the months ahead, I encountered the biggest barriers I've ever faced in my walk with Christ, and I'd known him a long time. And those were despair, depression, and doubt. I absolutely despaired at the thought of walking through the rest of my life without Matt. We'd either been dating or married since I was 19. I had never even been an adult without him. Um, The horror that what I witnessed, I could never erase. And then I had the nightmare of watching my two boys grieve their wonderful father. And that plunged me into a pit of grief and despair and doubt. And the truth is I'm still working my way out of all of that now. Um, And although I've been a Christ follower for many years, I remember asking myself many times, why serve a God who would allow something like this to ever happen in the first place? I wish I could stop here and tell you that after a couple weeks, after a couple months, it got better. And God answered all my questions, but I would be lying to you. Um, It took years, in fact, to face my doubts, have the courage to ask honest questions to God, and look at God's word fearlessly for some measure of comfort. During that time of grief, I looked at God's word in a way I had never looked at it before. Passages like Psalm 42, where the author asks, Why have you forgotten me? Um, Why must I go along mourning, oppressed by my enemy? That kind of honesty before God got my attention like it had never before. Um, Was God big enough for my doubts and my despair and my depression? Psalms like Psalm 42 and Psalm Um, 140 through 142, made it clear that during times of suffering, God's own people poured out their tears before him. God not only allowed their questions, he provided wisdom and words of hope to his people, and he preserved them so that those words um, could be there for me, and I could glean, and you, and we could glean hope for them. During that season, another story had particular meaning for me. Um, It involved our good friend Martha that we just spoke about, um, and we see her in John 11. And we find Martha in a much different place. Her brother Lazarus has died and has been in the tomb for four days. Mourners have filled her home, and she is awaiting Jesus. And from her perspective and all around her, Jesus seems quite late in his arrival. And here's what happened when he got there. Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you what you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again um, in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And she replies, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, son of God who is coming to the world. 
And I love that passage because I think it shows just what an amazing teacher Jesus is to women that are a whole lot like us. Jesus did not give up on Miss taking care of business, Martha, when she interrupted him and asked why her little lazy sister Mary was sitting around the house and did nothing. Those are my words, not his. Some, somewhere amidst Mary's busyness and her distraction, Christ's words and action taught Martha very, very well. And she came to know the truth about who he was. Jesus did not dismiss her or get angry with her when she was frustrated and had questions about his arrival. Um, And she knew that Jesus had the power to um, allow Lazarus not to die. And he listens to Martha. He listens to the tears of um, Mary and even mourns with them. Even though he clearly knows, I would think, that what he's just about to do, he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus' presence, power, and teaching and love were enough to pierce through the thick armor of Martha's doubt, busyness, grief, and despair. And I think that's a really thick armor that I can relate to. Um, Enough so that when her beloved brother lay dead in the tomb, she was able to say to Jesus, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah and the Son of God who has come into the world. I know some preachers dog on Martha, and they say that she's kind of, you know, strong-headed and maybe a little disrespectful. But this story is very good news to people like me who look a lot like Martha. Um, Jesus can take my busyness, my distractions, my doubts. He even empathizes with my grief and my pain. And like Martha, I was not dismissed. In fact, through time spent with God's word, um, it was Jesus's compassion, his kindness, his unconditional love, the agonizing suffering that he went through, and the marvelous grace that he gave me that recaptured my heart and sustained me during the worst time of my life. While it is true that I never expected to be a single mom or to be widowed at 45 years old or even the mom of a special needs child, God certainly did. And by his grace years ago, he created a thirst in my heart for his word. He filled up my life with his people He built a sturdy foundation of faith under my feet so that I could withstand trauma and loss um, like we endured in 2011. Sometimes I wake up early to read and pray, and that's my time with the Lord. But a lot of times it looks much messier than that. And I think, you know, I can be guilty of looking at Pinterest and thinking, oh, this is how my spiritual life is supposed to be all perfect and manicured. And it's not. (laughs) Um, like I said, sometimes I do get up early in the morning and read and pray, and that's great. Um, sometimes it's moments captured throughout the day that I can just, I've got five minutes here, I've got five minutes there, and I can and spend time with the Lord. And when I'm really desperate, you can see me in the parking lot of Central Market at lunchtime, and I have my Bible and my lunch, and I'm eating my lunch in the quiet of my car um, and spending time with the Lord. And so... Um, But God has used all that messy time to strengthen and prepare me so that when the rain came down, the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against my house, it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And that's Matthew 7, 25, if you want to read it. Um, God has proven himself faithful over and over in his word. And that same power and strength and grace is available to all of us every day. My prayer is that we would drink deeply of his word so that we can enjoy peace and fellowship with him now. And, that so, that, and so we can be filled with his strength and his wisdoms that we can lean on it in difficult days to come. Being a single mom is a big job. And I know I'm sitting in a room full of people who know exactly that. So let's accept nothing less 
than time with the one who determines the number of stars in the sky and calls them each by name, the one who heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, and the one who is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. That is our Jesus, and let's spend time with him. Thanks, guys.